Chapter 28 Lumina's Champion Turin awoke with a sudden gasp of air. His body felt cold again, but warm enough to know he was alive. A breeze graced his skin. The air around him smelled like death. Darkness held the skies, save the light shivering forth from the moon. Above his face, he saw the steam of his breath and smiled. Slowly he sat up. He looked at himself to see if it was a beautiful dream he'd met the angel Lumina, but the armor had been reforged and shone blue in the moonlight, glinting as a star. It hadn't been a dream. The Lady of Light had been real. He took a deep breath and got to his feet. The plains were covered in carcasses of men and elves, but most of the dead were dragons, great dark hulks of meat that lay there like slaughtered cattle. To the west, he saw Grendelok Keep in the distance. It was many leagues off, but surrounding it was a swarming mass of the Dragon Army's dragon riders climbing and pouncing from the walls. They'd begun their night siege of the keep. A knot formed in Turm's stomach at the sight. He wanted to be there to help his friends and fellow knights. He was determined to take part, and he was now compelled to find Goromart Rotbone. Do I stand a chance against him? He still wasn't sure. I'll deal with that when I find him. With nothing else he could do, he broke into a hasty run toward the keep. The grasses whipped past his legs. He heard the gentle noise of them against his armor, which was considerably lighter than his previous set, but it still made that swishing and tinkling he'd always loved. He remembered his mother, remembered the farm. He kept running for several minutes and continued to approach the rear of the enemy with each passing moment. But then he saw a blue dragon. He slowed. The dragon wore the riding shield of the Knights of the Hawk. Turim knew immediately. It was Thunderclap's body. No! exclaimed Turim with pain in his heart. It can't be! You followed me into death? But at his speech, Thunderclap stirred. His chest heaved a labored breath. Aside from that, however, he didn't move. Turim approached. He reached out hesitantly and laid his hand on the vast reptile, as if he'd been bidden to. The scales were cold. Thunderclap's back bent in an odd turn. Turm closed his eyes and spoke a soft prayer, hoping Lumina still watched. Hope in darkness, hope in light. Might thee shelter us in spite of all things wrong and foolish done. May light be there for needy ones. Then, slowly, he saw sunlight trickle from a dark sky. It danced softly on Thunderclap's skin like liquid flame raining from the heavens. In an instant, Thunderclap rolled over and let forth a yawning moan as if waking from sleep. Turin realized he'd been gifted with a miracle of healing. By the god, Thunderclap! You're alive! You're alive! Oh, you don't know how happy I am to see you! Thunderclap stared in awe at Turin. He lifted to his feet with the help of his wings, gaping. Turin, how could you... Why did you... I can't put into words the grief I felt at your loss. And now, you live? He roared, turned back to step, but smiled. Indeed, I've returned. But that's a long story, and one I'm not sure I want to recall just yet. Come, we have to hurry. The dragon army is on the walls. We don't have much time left before they enter the keep. Thunderclap looked toward Grenelok Keep. He nodded, then knelt so Turim could return to his saddle mount. 
It's time to fly again, my friend, said Turim, climbing up and ringing his broken straps. Do you think you can? I'll light your way with the Oriot Mace. What? It was a gift given to me by the protector known as Lumina. He held it out, and it lit the night. We shall fear no darkness. Besides this, there weren't any other dragons in the sky around them. They wouldn't be in danger of collision, and they could come up behind the enemy swiftly. Thunderclap simply nodded. He apparently wasn't sure what to say to all this. Term just tried to stay focused. He didn't know what to make of it all either. Then the blue dragon lifted into the air with a powerful burst of energy. Make haste, my friend, said Turum. Time doesn't bode well for us now. San watched several dragons leap over the walls as he and the others came out from the tower's staircase. They kept moving, the rangers and Turum's other companions. Knights were everywhere though, running all around them. Suddenly Simpha halted, looking at something. We have to keep these two stables safe. What? shouted Rail. Well, this position will soon be overrun. You can't hope to hold here. Darf is in this one, and the Cloud Racer is in this one. Nah, the girl's right, said Aldor, planting his feet. This is a terrible spot, but we left Darf and Jaffrain inside. We can't hold them on our own, though, growled Rail, tromping up beside Straven. An arrow took down one of the rangers with them. San just made out the open gates at the south wall. They'd finally cracked it, and who knew what all was inside now? Tatara flew up and got in Rail's face. We won't be on our own. Turum's wing here will help, right? San frowned. He didn't like that she'd volunteered his men. Still, he defiantly ordered, set a ring around them. This is as good a place to die as any. All of them fanned out. Older are pushing the farthest to the southern side of the stables. His pick dug in, slaying Roven Dark Knights, and with some of the other knights, a black and green dragon fell. His eyes burned with wrath, red as his beard with fury. Came these dwarven battle cries. More than once the Dark Knights were dismayed at the sound of them and sought other foes. San continued to hear the girl's auto crossbow ripping through the dragons and Dark Knights amidst the sound of longbows. Simpha and Lala stood with Straven, Tartara, Rail, and the other rangers, though at times the enemy, like a wave coming across to divide a child's sandcastle, separated them. But each time they were almost overtaken, the many knights of the Hawk who continued to join the group in defense of the stables gave them aid. The battlefield was a violent storm, and though the knights of the Hawk fought with all their courage and strength, the dragon army now threatened to blow them utterly away, tossed by a dark wind that would rush past, scouring through Daltaria. The Knights of the Hawk fell many upon many, flying atop one another, piling around the positions they defended like raked leaves beneath the moonlight. Again, the golden horns rang dreadfully clear in the night, calling for a retreat deeper into the keep's defenses. Go, go! cried Sam. Archers, make a space to break away! shouted Rail. Most of the defenders of the keep now began to fall back, all the way to the central tower. In the bedlam, they were separated. Soon, San was amidst a wave of Dark Knights and Chromabacks, Knights of the Hawk and Shining Scales. It was all a swirl of chaos. He prayed that Term's companions would be okay. Then he happened to look up to the East Wall. And there, he spotted the blackest dragon come over the rampart and land in the courtyard to the north. It was Runamuk, and on his back was Goramuk Rothburn, tall, black, and perilous beyond compare. Sen looked around to the others, to his wing, a ways off toward Term's companions. Do you see it? No one could hear him, 
he began to draw back. He wanted to go, but should he break from all his allies and pursue his most hated enemy? Stupid, he thought. But Turim wasn't their friend. Not like he was mine. If I'm dead tonight, what does it matter? He looked around again and now saw the chance he'd waited for. He barely made a decision, he just found himself doing it. He broke away, moving with as much haste as he could, running through the fray northward. He could still see Gurumak Rockbone as he tore through many of the valiant knights of the Hawk, Renamuk slaughtering just the same. San ran faster, crashing through foes with reckless abandon. He came closer, he cut through two more opponents, death stench coming from Renamuk and his acid-burned victims, or was it from the hissing black blade in the Gorimak's hand? He wasn't sure. It didn't matter. Onward he went, those last few steps across the courtyard. When he finally stood within a few feet of Renamuk, his heart thudded, full of anger and fear. But another vision entered his mind of Term striking the ground, and that steeled him. He gathered himself for a blow. Without further hesitation, he struck out. His blade sung through the air and bit hard against black yeah! skull. Renamuk rolled as the sword stung against his leg, not deep, but sufficient to draw his attention. His eyes fell on San, green, burning pits of anger. San saw the trickle of blood on the dragon's rear leg. He smiled. You pestilent word, roared Renamuk. He reared his head back, puffing out his chest and extending his wings up, up, up into the night. Striking that heel and not A great shower of his dark acid, like a waterfall turned sideways, came quickly forth, splashing across the grass and stones of their path. San had seen the black dragon's head rear. He wouldn't be caught off guard by a single chromaback, whose terror he'd been warned of. He'd trained years to combat dragons. He sprang away to the right to avoid the acid and rounded around behind Renamuk's right rear leg. Again he struck an empty blow, though the beast's scales were thick. The acid had missed him, but he could hear its spray sizzling on the back of his armor and burning into the earth beneath where he stood. His blade produced another small cash. Now Renamuk sprang into the air, beating his wings and whipping his tail in anger. The wind of it was so potent that San nearly toppled backwards. He wouldn't give. He braced himself for whatever would come next. As the dragon rose, he held his blade with both hands, ready. He hadn't forgotten why he'd come to challenge such an awesome foe. He raised his blade and stood defiant against the overwhelming size of the Goromark and his dragon. His wall broke. Emotion flooded out. He was near tears with grief and hatred. You killed him! You took my best friend's life, and I'm taking yours! Goromark Rockburn pointed his blade at him. Take mine, he returned in a tone of mock surprise. Best friend. And then his voice grew deep, filled with an evil grit of hatred and malice. Do you know how many thousands of best friends I've taken tonight? How many I've sent to the depths beneath the edge of the Black Blade, with twisted, horror-filled visages that glowed back at me as their bodies fell? I could satiate a hundred graveyards. His voice was what San thought evil itself sounded like. He shivered a moment and swallowed, trying to bring himself to action. A laugh rumbled from the darkness of Gurumar Rockbert's <laughs> hell. And how can you possibly hope to take me? Do you know who I am? Will you achieve this from the belly of my friend Runamok? You're far too trivial and fragile to contest me, whose mind is strong and capable, and sharpened by all the knowledge of the great wide world. No, you cannot hope to defeat us here. 
Tonight, the darkness is our ally, and soon your keep shall fall to it. But I wary of this converse. I'm not accustomed to such lengthy talks with fools. Now scream like never before. With a gathering lunge, Renamuk dove at Samuel. His maw was a gaping chasm of death as his wings slapped to his arm and sides. Sam felt a final shout well up in his dry throat. He swung his sword, but Renamuk didn't catch him in his teeth. Instead, another dragon's claws struck Renamuk in the head. He roared as his skin split open. Sam saw the flash of copper from the corner of his eye. Then he lost all air in his chest as he was grasped and lasered to his claws. Several other dragons came behind. They struck Renamuk down as they swooped past, sending the black sprawling across the courtyard through a squad of dark knights. Earth and stone flew into the air, and the cries of many men rose before they were muffled and silenced by the flailing dragon as it tried to recover from each blow. After that, Renamuk lay unmoving. Sand landed on his hands and knees. The feel of the stone and wind told him it was on the central tower. His chest hurt. The dragon's claws could grip quite tight. What the? He stood up, shooting a look at Lasertooth. That was my choice. You can't take that from me. Don't you want Term's death avenged? Indeed I do, Lieutenant, replied Lasertooth. But even more, I have no desire to lose you to recklessness. You can't hope to stand alone against Garumark Rotbone and his black dragon. And if you believe you can, then you're the foolish boy you're acting like, and certainly not ready to lead our wing as I thought. Sand clenched his jaw tight. He knew Lasertooth was right, as little as he wanted to admit it aloud. He growled in frustration. Uh, I don't want to be a knight without him here! That decision is not one to make right now while you have others you are responsible for, rumbled Lasertooth. The wing, said San, pulling himself together. Where are they? He picked his sword up from where he dropped it. Another flare of pain shot through his side. <clears throat> I think you broke a rib. He turned to look out over the site that lay before him. The courtyards were filled with dragons and scurrying soldiers of either side. Bodies lay everywhere. Bloodshed was heavy and constant. On the east wall fought both tribes of dragons, and the low skies above them were packed with them as they leapt. Moonlight cast their shadows down into the keep. Something else caught his eye. Further, beyond the dragons, he saw a speck of light. Did you see that? Asked San, looking to Lasertooth. Beyond the enemy, there. I can't make it out. But it's not a star. It sits too low on the horizon. But Lasertooth didn't seem very concerned. He returned his attention to the courtyards. Come now. It's our chance. There's no time for wonderment. Whatever it is, it approaches the ridge. It'll be here soon enough. Sand scowled, but looked down to the keep. Gurumark Rodbone and Renamark had fallen. But Renamark had begun to roll to his feet. His head turned back and forth as though searching for a worthy enemy. He's about to get one. San hesitated only a moment before climbing to the copper dragon's shoulder plate and into his saddle mount with a clank. I have to admit, he said with a groan, it's nicer sitting behind a riding shield than standing in front of that black dragon with nothing but my blade. You're daft, Lazertooth grunted. I'm here as both your friend and ally. Do not ever do anything like that again, shirking your duties. We didn't join you knights so you could throw your lives away. Do you ever get tired of that? Don't you want anything else? Asked San. Lasertooth was about to spring from the chronolations, but gave that a moment of consideration. 
Your clerics believe we were created by the god to balance the scales of power. I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe that's a memory I haven't regained. But I do know that I want nothing more than to drive back the Chromabacks to the depths of their dark lairs. There are few things I desire more. Sang gave a grim smile and brushed his blue hair aside from his forehead, leaving behind a small streak of blood from the back of his gauntlet. It wasn't his own. Well, let's get back to it then. Lasertooth gathered himself and left from the tower, swinging low over the ground just above the heads of those battling below. The air rushed past. Sand's breath caught for a brief moment, but nowadays, what used to nearly make his insides flip barely made him blink. On the ground, several dragons launched above the battlefield for short periods, using their wings to glide. It was their way of avoiding crashes in the darkness. It mostly worked. Lasertooth woke through them, avoiding as much conflict as possible. Dragons whisked past Sand's vision on either side. So much death had cursed the skies that day that he felt numb and cold to it more so than he'd ever been in all his life. Turin was right. This is no simple skirmish, he thought. Renamuk wasn't far off. His tail thrashed like a charmer snake, hammering several knights of the hawk and their squires into the ground. Faster, laser tooth! shouted San. He's right there! Have some patience. We'll be on him in just a moment. San gripped his sword, regretting that he'd left his lance on the landing field. Its reach would have made the job easier. He was going to have to rely a lot on laser teeth. The pain in his ribs was an acute reminder of that. Renamut gathered and sprung, heading away. Did they spot us? San wondered. He didn't think so. Judging by the few Knights of the Hawk who remained standing in the field below, he guessed the Black Dragon had simply run out of foes to destroy. Renamuk ascended slowly above the courtyards, his dark shadow covering those below him as a silent specter. As he rose, silver and bronze leapt to engage them, one of them riderless. But Guramot Rockburn slashed out, tearing through the silver scale with his hissing blade. The bronze's throat was torn by Renamuk and fell to the earth with a resounding crash. Sam's heart was on fire. Lasertooth was almost there. He was within breath shot, at the very least. But Lasertooth couldn't set a cloud of poison gas over Renamuk and Guramot Rockburn yet. Not at the speed they moved and not until they came above or in front of them. Sand pulled at the reins, tugging at Lasertooth's shoulders, rise in altitude. You could tell this copper was already tiring after the short rest he'd taken on the landing fields. With a great effort, Lasertooth beat his wings several mighty flaps and rose above their prey. Now! shouted Sand. Lasertooth breathed deep, ready to push forth a cloud of poisoned gas. But Sand's eye caught a shape from its corner, streaking toward him like a poisoned dart, a wyvern. Her speed was remarkable to behold, the kind of speed that makes one think so quick to react that perception fails and mistakes are made. Gorlust! cried the wyvern's rider, a general by the wings of his helm. Turning his head quickly, the copper dragon released his gas at the wyvern, Gorlust, instead of Renamuk. It was a swift judgment, and San hoped it had been correct. He held on tight. Gorlust barreled through the poisonous cloud and slammed hard into laser tooth, driving him to the ground. You'll die for that copper! <coughs> she screamed with a cough. Sand ducked into his riding shield as they struck the ground, rolling. There was a shower of earth and dust and a twisting mass of wings, tail and claw. I'm alright! shouted Sand, realizing they were upright again. It looked like the general had held on tight for the wrestling match as well, because he stared back at him. The copper and the black wyvern were paces apart now. Kill him! shouted the general. 
Lazertooth didn't hesitate. He dove toward Gorlust with a deep-throated roar. But as he did, Sans saw Renamuk and Gurumark rock them. They were almost on top of them, coming from their left. Lazertooth! He shouted, yanking the reins. All San could do was hold on again. Renamuk's jaws were open, blood running from open wounds on his head. Sans smelled the black's breath. Suddenly, Lazertooth caught Renamuk's arm and tore through the black-scaled flesh with a sickening sound like twisting bone and sinew. Ah, this has been your last mistake. Renamuk roared in agony as he swung his rear legs toward Lazertooth, lashing with his claws. There was a wing-assistant tumble. Gorlas joined the struggle and drove into Lazertooth again. Let me taste your flesh, old one. The great monstrosities all ground into the courtyard as another wave of dirt showered across a group of battling knights of the hawk. Sansa and his fellow knights crushed beneath the mass as they rolled over. There was a snap of leather, and maybe a buckle, and Sand hit the ground hard. The air hit his chest. He couldn't move. He just lay there trying to recover his wit, looking skyward, attempting to refocus his eyes on something, anything at all. Renamuk and Gorlas rained wound after wound upon his already weary dragon. Laser to slammed down the side. No! Kept looking up, hoping for something to change the course of fate. The wall still crawled with a mass of dragons. Knights of the Hawk lay dead all around. Folky knew, and he saw Dark Knights approaching as they noticed him prone. He was an opportunity. Dishonorable piece of attacking a fallen foe! He thought desperately. His breath caught. He saw the bright light again. Its brilliance came over the wall and down into the courtyard and enemy dragons fell in front of him. What is that thing? His eyes were nearly blinded as he looked at the glowing shape. It can't be. It was Term and Thunderclap, and there was a star in his friend's hand, shining in the night. They flew like a spearhead through the Black Division's rear guard, right through the chromabacks atop the wall, knocking dragons aside and down onto the barbs of the inner parapet. Finally, Sam rolled to his knees. He didn't move any further, his eyes were drawn to the light. His friend was alive. It can't be, he thought again. What in the God's name? It can't be. 